My Talkers, let's start this hour off by congratulating or just honoring every veteran out there for Veterans Day. We really appreciate all of you. But secondly, let's also introduce Julia and for round three, which we can't get enough of, Patrick Richardson, the laundry evangelist, is here to make our Friday nice and just warm and cozy. Because I don't think there's a more cozy voice out there. Am I right? Oh, and it's oh. from the South. Oh. oh, you all. Oh, you all. I could just sit down, listen to you tell stories, and eat biscuits all day long. There we go. It That's... would be the greatest thing okay, ever. I would so sit anywhere and eat biscuits all day long. Let's do it. If there's gravy that we could dip them in, I don't oh. know. Oh. Just saying. Yeah. And... Oh, all right. Happy Friday, you guys. We made it. We did. It was a close call. <laughs> It's a good week. It was a long week. It's been a fun one. It's totally been fun. Okay, so Wakanda Forever. I mean, the album came out today. The ticket sales. People are loving it. Mm-hmm. Did you see the first Black Panther? Um, finally, yes, but not in the, not in the like height. I saw it. You know, I was one of you those saw people. It. Saw it later. Yeah. yeah, it's so Grant is such an action feature movie, yeah. and person. the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me is second to none when it comes to movies. And um, yeah, this one, the beauty of Black Panther was for a long time, we saw bits and pieces of this character build up in other other Marvel movies, and then finally, I believe it was twenty eighteen, uh, Black Panther came out, and the just it was so visually beautiful and such a different. With the Wakanda and African high to it. It was just unlike any other superhero movie I've ever seen. And I just cannot wait to see how they rebuild the the great, you know, story that Chadwick Boseman started and now someone will finish for him. But it's gonna Mm -hmm. be interesting. Gonna be interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he was he was really just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I stood right in front of him at the SAG Awards. Really? Well, they won. What did he, did he win for? Good? What was he in? Oh, gosh. Now I'm not going to be able to remember the movie. Well, 42. With, uh, 42, but that wasn't it. I don't no. think it was an ensemble cast, cast, and I can't remember the movie, but he, um, he was the first man I saw wear that kind of vest slash cummerbund trend do you know what i'm talking about it oh where yeah like it's kind of like a it was a new mm -hmm. like not a jacket was it sorry was it ma rainey's black bottom no no no, it was before that i can't remember what it was but anyway he um let everyone he was kind of the star and but he let everyone else have the microphones and you know you guys all get the attention i feel like there were young kids i don't know what it was I, maybe I dreamed this, but I remember him because I have a picture. Mm-hmm. So I know it happened sure. <laughs> in real life. But just um, just seemed like he's such a neat guy. And to mm-hmm. be dying of pink, what did he, uh, prostate colon cancer. cancer. Colon cancer. Oh, colon. And, and not to tell, tell any, anybody. None of his coworkers. Right. And he's sitting here not filming just like, and I know that it does, but like he's out there doing action scenes. And, and, and you know, he, he was doing a lot of that stuff on his own while battling cancer at the same time. I mean... It's incredible. Yeah, unbelievably yeah. incredible. But yeah. it, if one thing like that whole thing brought out, I mean, I think he was, what, 36? Very, he, very. He was 36, uh, 30, yeah, 70. So, yeah, he was young, and he was diagnosed very young, so that just brought a lot of attention to let people know, go get your, you know, go get a colon cleanse. At any age now, if you really, I mean... A colon cleanse? Well, colonoscopy. colonoscopy. That's what I'm looking for, the word. The, Sorry. The mm-hmm. real one. The, colon the cleanse, cleanse comes first. Cleanse. That's true. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. The cleanse yes, comes first. Yes, it does. And mm-hmm. start early. Yes. On t- I, never, I never got all cleansed. You never did a colonoscopy? Oh, I have, but I was cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I never <laughs> I never cleansed all the way out. 
Oh. I kept waiting. Like, when is this going to happen? You know, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I mean, mm-hmm. really. I was like yeah. stressed out then that I'm not, you know, ready. Mm-hmm. And so it was yeah, a very when, funny experience. When I did my first one, it was like, you know, I was like the Statue of Liberty. I mean, yeah. it was just <laughs> all empty. <laughs> You're, then you did. I did something wrong. I mean, but I followed. I remember I followed everything to T. Oh, it was crazy. All right. So, um, I remember driving there, and we were doing um ads for Jaguar, and um, at the car with the paddles. It was such a nice car, but it was that year. It was 2014 when we had so much ice on the freeway that it never melted. Do you remember that year of just pure ice? And forever. Fr- forever. Yeah. The yes. freeways never melted down or anything. I was just like, oh, please, please. All right, we are here today. I want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to veterans. We're going to celebrate them in a minute. I have some. Oh, yeah. Um, but Famous Dave's is honoring veterans today. You can get a free Georgia Chop pork sandwich and a non premium size for all active and inactive retired personnel. Go to famousdaves.com to find out yeah. how you get it. Yeah, yeah, cool. A free sandwich. I know there's a lot of other specials, but um, boy, something in my eye. No worries. Read. I got to give my dad a shout out. He's a Vietnam vet, so you know, former yeah. military. Tell me your man. dad's name again. Grant Wangster. Grant Russell Wangster. Same oh. as mine. We are juniors, seniors. Same. I am name. also a junior. You are, are you? God, I love you even more. Patrick. Yeah, I mean, like you know, my dad was also in Vietnam. Oh wow. Sixty-eight Tet offensive was his thing, and um, were they Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines? My dad was Army. Army. Yeah. So they were soldiers. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. my dad uh, was was mess hall guy for the first year. I told you he had access to the fridge, so he was everybody's best man on the base because he could keep the beer cold. Oh, that was amazing. huge. And then uh, his second, I didn't know they had beer. On his base, second so. round, he was kind of he sat shotgun for you know trans like when they transported uh, supplies and stuff to different areas, but he was not. From in, not in the you in know the, combat, right? Like I feel like Patrick's dad might. Patrick have been. was yeah. your dad. He was, yeah, and um. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's truthfully, I don't know if he's listening. I hope he's I listening. Wondered, I wondered, I wondered, can we say hi to your mom we, and dad? Uh, we, I, you know what? We should say hi to my dad because it's Veterans Day. Yes. Right? Absolutely. We hi. should say hi to Ross's dad because he was in the Hi, Korean Ross's War. dad. Hi. His name was Mark. 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 Or, his name is Mark, yeah. But anyway, I, um, but yeah, my dad was in combat and uh, he really, uh, truthfully, didn't talk a lot about it or doesn't talk a lot about it and that's what they say yeah and you know that's his thing it's his story to tell but um i do know that one time like a grenade was thrown right at him and for whatever reason it didn't go off stop isn't that incredible because otherwise you know you wouldn't i wouldn't be here hosting you wouldn't be here exactly because either he wouldn't be here the parts that were needed for me wouldn't be here was it just one like four year stint that he served yeah he just one time yeah he was drafted and went in he came out and my brother, you know, Casey, Lori's husband, was in the Army and that then part of the Reserves forever. Wow. My dad was a Korean War. Veteran? Mm-hmm. Wow. He wrote the sports paper on a submarine. He had a big job. That's cool. <laughs> That's actually... Big, big job. Hey, you know, my dad, like I said, my oh, dad was the man right. of food. My dad yeah. had food. You know, but yeah. the thing is, I mean, the thing about all of the veterans, I mean... Big job, small job. I mean, they were all part of what needed to happen. Absolutely. You know? So, regardless of what they did, I mean, they deserve all of our absolutely thanks and accolades. Because, absolutely. You know, it, it took them all. It, you know, it takes the mess hall guy just like it takes somebody in combat. I mean, it's everybody. Everybody you know, has a role, right? Everybody's important. Right. Okay. When we come back, we're going to celebrate them, and we're going to find out more about Montfort Pointers. Who were they, and uh, how we're honoring them? We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia. On my talk.
And that happy Veterans Day to all of our service people. Um, the best greeting when you see someone who's in the service, thank you for your service. Soldiers, you don't say thank you for your service soldiers because soldiers were only in the Army. There you go. Marines were only in the Marines. Sailors were only in the Navy because everyone will kind of use the universal yep. soldier. Air Force, airmen. Um, Coast Guard, Coast Guardsmen. That's what we call them. How, what percentage of the American adult population do you think served since the beginning of time? How many vets do you think we have out there? 20%. Yeah, I'm going to go 20 or 30. Oh, you, 20 or 30. You guys are aggressive. 7% of the adult American population, 19 million people. Okay. That's not a lot. Uh, we were pretty high there, yeah. We were pretty yeah. high. I go uh, to anybody in any uniform, and I just, you know, appreciate what you do. Right. Yeah, right. Just, anybody right. in any uniform, whether it's Army, police, yes. any, I appreciate what you do. I don't know about the service or the, the title they have, but I appreciate yes. what you do. And if you're thinking, you guys might have think thought the higher number because the National Guard and Reserve make up 33% of the overall military, and that's about 800,000 individuals. Wow. So that's a wow. big number. Yeah, I've got a couple it's family a members in the National Guard, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so here's the deal. Good Morning America has celebrated the um, Monfort Point men, and here's a story about him, and we not, I never have heard of these gentlemen before, and there's a document that documentary that you can watch but here's a little audio to tell us about them decades in the making about america's first black marines they are finally getting the recognition they deserve in a documentary called our america mission monford point and are working to piece together the past this beautiful photograph my handsome grandfather private Maurice L. burns very handsome gentleman mallory berger always knew her late grandfather was a u.s veteran but it wasn't until last year that she learned about his historic legacy. Something led me to believe that, you know what, I think Papa is what we call them, um, was a Montford Pointer. The Montford Point Marines, the country's first black Marines. You see, up until 1942, black men were not allowed to join the Corps. They were the best and the brightest and the toughest. And I said, that's me. An estimated 20,000 strong, but the U.S. military failed to keep records for all but 2,000 of them. Hundreds of military records were lost due to a major fire, but even before the fire, there was no indication that there was a complete record. That's 18,000 pioneering American heroes nearly forgotten until now. I used to be offended uh, when I would, would read about the Tuskegee Airmen and Buffalo Soldiers. I said, they're all recognized. I don't, I don't see no black Marines. That, that used to bother me. Berger and many others are on a mission to find the remaining living Monford Point Marines and the families of the deceased. The majority of Monford Pointers are in their 90s or older. And we know that there will come a point when there won't be any of them. But we still have to figure out how we keep the story alive. Their story, one of adversity. Those first Marines segregated from their white counterparts, facing brutal discrimination during training and deployment. Once you came in that gate, you forgot about your name because you were either boy or And the whole idea was to frustrate you so much that you would either quit and go home or stay in. 20,000 stayed, many deployed to combat missions during World War II. President Roosevelt, he says, man, you have broken records that the white Marines have had for years, cinema overseas. In 2011, the United States government finally acknowledged their achievements, awarding the Congressional Gold Medal collectively to the Monford Point Marines. Uh, very emotional day. 
to be, for the first time, recognized. And this year, on the 80th anniversary, five original members and 11 families of deceased Montford Pointers received replicas of that congressional gold medal. I stood on the shoulders of my grandfather to see them, to see the ones that are still here. It is just, it's like reaching back in history and knowing I came from that, I came from them, and it's utterly amazing. So it reads for outstanding perseverance and courage that inspired social change in the Marine Corps. If I could say anything to my grandfather today, we, we did it. We, we did it. You know, and I just burped in the middle of all that, so excuse me. I forgot my mic was on, and I started drinking a pop. So that was that was lovely. But so excuse me, but the Monfort Point Marines, the Marines were the last armed forces to let black men join, and so I'm so grateful. And so this is called Our American Mission to Monfort Point, and it's a little over an hour, and you can watch it. This documentary, it's on Apple TV, Roku, Hulu. It's been out there for a while, but if people want to watch it, how about that? I burped. I burped on the air twice in uh, like four months. I don't think people have uh, didn't even hear it. So okay. Oh my! You're gosh. doing the Barbra Streisand effect right well, now. Patrick looked at me and he's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I've given my. You know what we should do right now? Let's yeah. give away one pair of tickets. Okay. Do we have time? Uh, well, uh, yeah, but it'll be yes. Uh, just let them know because I'm going to have you doing traffic here. Yeah, we can do that. I'll get them on hold. Yeah, let's All do right, it. Get them on hold. We the way to digress out of my burping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Give us buzz six five one six four one one zero seven one to a Christmas carol. It's opening night at the Guthrie. A pair of tickets. Uh, call Grant and we'll get y'all set up. Yeah. Seventh caller, we'll get them, and this is, we've got one set, two sets to give away today. Yes, so. so this is the first. Yeah, so uh, give me a call, 651-641-107. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. One, they are calling now and I will get a winner. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was pretty bad. Who does that? <laughs> Stop talking about it. Oh, no, I'm just dying. I know, but it's, I know. it's okay. I know. It okay. happens to everyone. It does. All right, thanks, everybody, for calling. And Burping Tales is our next segment. You know, a lot of people can burp the elf- alphabet and burp on demand. Can you do that? I can't do that. No. I, I, can, I can't at all. No. Did, did you have, ever have any inkling to be in the service? 
Um, not really, because when I was of that age, it was kind of not a thing. For right. Kind of. Me. Yes. I always wanted to go to boot camp to get fit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, you know. Yeah. That was I mean, it. You know, sir. Um, all service people just always look great. They really do, it's don't so, they? They're so fit. Yeah. And every year, about 200,000 men and women leave the U.S. military service and re- return to life as civilians. So that's kind of just mm-hmm. the number. So 7% of all the population of the American adult population has served. You know what we never talked about? Mm-hmm. Um, American Horror Story, because you said you've been watching it. Oh. So Ross is like a super fan. Okay. So he has watched every season. I stopped... Like after I think like season five. Okay. And when he started this season. And this is like, Ryan Murphy, right? This is Ryan Murphy. And this this particular season is set in New York right. in 1981. Okay. And Ross said, I think you're going to want to watch it. And because it's kind of got an art scene vibe and, you know, and Fire Island and some things. It is so good. I am so incredibly addicted. Is it based on anything true? Um, There's people in it that are based on actual characters. Okay. But, it's just a story, but it's so engrossing. It's not overly graphic. Sometimes people are really worried that it's scary. Right. But it's not overly graphic. Super good. And, you know, Ryan Murphy's kind of on a roll because we just watched Dahmer and The yes. Watcher. Yes. And, you know, of course, both of those are now coming back for I more know. seasons. But American Horror Story, it's set in New York. There's kind of like a Maplethorpe character, those sorts of things. But so good. I'm just... You know, and I was here yesterday, so I didn't watch it. So tonight I'm going oh, to. Oh, shoot. All right. You're going to watch it tonight. Because yeah. I've heard this is good, and I've never watched one ever, ever, ever. It's a good one. All right. Good. Didn't know. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Grant, help us with the traffic. People stay on the lines for the ticket. We actually got our oh, winner got already. Winner? Luke. Yeah. So you, everybody, you can hang up. I got caller seven. Luke was our winner. Very excited from Maple Grove. Luke. Yeah. So congratulations Luke. to All right. Luke. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Also to Martha. Shout out to her. She's listening, sending texts to Patrick. Shout out to Patrick's mom, Wilma. I wanted to call her Kitty Grant. I love the I name. Wa- I wanted to call. I was re- thinking her name would be Kitty, but it's Wait, but it's, Wilma's pretty close. It is, and I mean, she is totally a Wilma. But I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, if if her nickname had been Kitty, I don't think that would be overly surprising. Is she petite and she's five feet tall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's and she's very southern. I like she's very very. You know, did like, she work? She did. She was uh, she um, was a thanatologist, believe it. She's what? Uh, what? She um, in the study of death. She ran a hospice. Oh, she did. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's what she did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what do you call it? A what? A, what a, a thanatologist. I don't think I've ever heard. Well, that Well, Thanos is death. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah. So she um, ran a hospice, and um, wow, that's a big. That's, yeah. So oh she she just retired like two years ago, and. You know, now she gardens. Is well, she from a big family? No, she was an only child. Really? Yes, and she's an only child. <laughs> You're batting your eyes. She's, Whatever um, that means. I'm well, an, only child. an only child. I'm an only child. Well, I, you know, she was worshipped like a like a diva. <laughs> like, like a, a di- you know, like a little deity or a little diva. She's a little princess. It. Lord Fauntroy yes. over here. Yes. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, me. same story. I can, you know. <laughs> And she, um, you know, like the whole world just sort of stopped when she entered it. And um, <laughs> yeah, but she's great. She's but she's funny. I love that. And then it's funny. My dad, you know, had like four brothers, a sister, and is totally. He's not the oldest, 
but he's totally the oldest child. Okay. Even though he's not, he's the one who takes care of everyone else. It's funny how people pick up those roles. Yeah. And he, I mean, and that's like, he's like that with everyone. I mean, he's like that with us, like me and my brother and stepbrother. I mm-hmm. mean, he's just that, you know, like he'll text, you know, did you fill up your car? Oh, you know, it's like, okay, oh, yeah. I've lived I've, because it's I've, getting cold. Yeah. I've driven oh, 34 years, that. but you know, I'm, Listen, I thought of that, too, because it was going to be yeah. cold, and I filled up my car yesterday at lunch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do think of these silly yeah, things. Yeah, it's funny. That's, yeah, that's oh, what that's they are. that's so yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, um, by the way, I'm married, in case you didn't know. Love it. And I like to bring it up every once in a while, because new things happen, and one of them is we're going to go on our first trip together. Fun. Um, before our honeymoon in January. And so, um, he doesn't have TSA pre-check. And um, I'm like, hon, um, I'm not waiting in that long line. You know, I'll be on the other side of the bar, you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. or shopping. Um, but so we were looking into it and I just thought it's holiday travel is coming up. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk more about holiday travel and people have some folks on about it. But pre- TSA pre-check, um, it doesn't take very long. And one of the locations is post security at MSP airport on the sea concourse. If you go to, you know, tsaprecheck.com or that is even how do I get my TSA precheck? And you can um, sign up. It takes like at the most three minutes to fill in your information and then you can go and get an appointment. And if you're not traveling, you can't use the airport one past security. But there's two other locations right in the cities. There's one in Bloomington on Metro Drive and there's one in Fridley. And you can get an appointment at those locations and they also take walk-ins. And once you fill out all the paperwork, assuming there's no complications or anything, that only takes like three to five days to get. And you, what you get is your known travel number. It's KTN. And then every time you're booking or it's in your profile with Sun Country or with Delta or whatever, it just shows up that your TSA pre-check. It's so easy. I just want to let people know it doesn't take that much time. And if you're going to be traveling over the holidays, it's just one more way to save some time for yourself. Sure. Another way is, um, and if you need to renew your TSA pre-check, because I think they're good four or five years, you can also you can just do that online. So you don't have to do it in person. Um, also parking now. Parking at MSP Airport. If you go use MSPAirport.com, it's such a useful website because it shows up like, here's how much parking is filled. 59% is filled. Uh, terminal one or terminal two, it'll tell you both. Then it'll tell you, you know, how long are the security lines. So you really get this great picture and there's an app you could put on your phone. But if you want to for the holidays and you're worried about not getting a space because it's like the biggest travel day of the year, you can pre-reserve your parking spot. Now, it's a new it's a new thing that they have this year. So I think that's just awesome. Totally. Because it's too stressful day of, you know, and if it's super full, um, so that's just another thing that you can do for your travel. I'm getting excited. Are you going to go home for the holidays? I'm not for the holidays. I may try to right after. Yeah. You know, for the holidays, I go to Green Bay, go to Ross's sister. Oh, nice. I've never been to Green Bay in my life. That's oh, great. It, it's right in the water, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. No, it's in. It's, it's a cute, it's really a cute little town. But, um, I mean, of course the whole town revolves around Lambeau Field. I mean, that's kind of all that's there, and but that's but a lot. It is, <laughs> and, but it's really, I mean, because those fans are so diehard. There's a lot of things. I mean, there are like great hotels, 
I mean, good restaurants. I mean, it's a it's a really nice little town. What's the population of Green Bay? Ooh, is that like six hour drive? Yeah, about six probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's a it's really a great town. Um, I it's really funny because there's a hotel that I like to stay at that has. This breakfast sandwich, I didn't know that you could get bratwurst as patties. Oh, gosh. Because I had never had a bratwurst till I moved to Minnesota. Really? No. They're not really I a thing. And so I didn't know that. Did no, you know that, them. Grant? No. 100,000, by the way. 107,000 for the population. That's what the population Bay. is at okay. Green Bay. Pretty big. Yeah. So, um, so they have these bratwurst patties. And there's this breakfast sandwich that's English muffin, bratwurst patty, egg, arugula, and this, like, Italian dressing. Yum. It's like the. I mean, I look forward to it every year. Yum! Isn't that hysterical? In the in the whitish bratwurst, like the beer bratwurst. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. But it's like a patty. It's yeah. not. You know, it's. I mean, it's incredible. Okay, I like that. Yeah, all into it. Lodge Kohler. Oh, know. Lodge Kohler, the Kohler Lodge. Yeah, well, it's the. It's called Lodge Kohler when it because it's right next to Lambo. It's a small little hotel, but you know, it's yeah, it's Kohler, but it's right next to. It's a great shower, but. <laughs> You know, beyond this great shower. Because Kohler has beautiful golf courses yeah. at Kohler, Wisconsin. But right, but this is like a small... Little hotel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love but, that. Yeah, it has this coffee shop at the... You know, this amazing... It's kind of fun, the regional foods that you can get. Right. And who would think that Green Bay would have a regional food? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's really a nice town. The people are super nice. Mm-hmm. It's charming. Do you have to be a Green Bay Packer fan since Ross is from there? Um, well, he's actually from Cloquet. Oh, okay. So, but his sister lives in Green Bay. So, you know, it's kind of like a house divided between Vikings, Green Bay. And do you watch them? Um, not usually. <laughs> I'm usually working. To be honest, I'm usually working. You are. You have retail hours at the mall at Morgan yeah, Williams. So, you know, I'm usually at work. Was it busy today? Oh my gosh, it was packed. People are ready. People are in the mood to shop for holidays. Yes. And like the fact that, you know, it turned cold. We had lots of people who were just sort of walking in the mall. So. I, you know, I love that about the Mall of America. I, when yeah. I had my kids, oh, would I stroll and stroll and stroll? I mm-hmm. mean, that is like a great thing about the Mall of America, how many miles you can put on. Yeah. And, you know, if you walk into the park, like there are still trees. And it's funny. We like right now, it's not that big of a deal because the leaves just fell off. Sure. But in January, it's so nice. To like be able to see green trees, mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing. It, I we love the Mall of America. Well, what's for not that? to love? No, what is not to love? You know. Okay, so um, the FAA came out with something today. Is that they finally have finished their? Um, they did a survey because Congress wanted to pass something that there would be a standardized airplane seat, and the FAA did a survey. I think they had like um, I don't know how many people twenty six thousand comments in their public forum forum that they did. And so they're trying to get the Flyers Right Passenger Advocacy Group is trying to push the federal government to step in and stop airlines from making their seats even smaller. Since the 1990s, the width of most airplane seats have shrunk from 18 inches to 16, some 14, and the distance from seat to seat, because you can't recline anymore, has shrunk from shrunk from 38 inches to 28 inches. So really trying to get a standardized thing in there, which I think is great because I'm little, this doesn't affect me, but for tall people and you know, it would be hard. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, come on, there's just, that's ridiculous. I mean, seats are just, I mean, a 14 inch seat is not a child size. 
you know, like, I mean, you would fit into it just fine. But I do, I do but barely. I mean, I'm not that little. You know, I mean, but, but my feet do touch the floor. Yeah. That's that's something that I like. Yeah. And the headrest hits me right in the middle of my back. <laughs> I mean, at the top of my head, I'm kidding. Right. But, you know, it's just... But, that It'd be it, nice if that came out, wouldn't it? And it really would. I mean, and you know, the thing you think about like global travel, you know, people come to the U.S. and use a U.S. airline, and they're like, you know, is this third world? It, Are they that much bigger in other countries? Yeah. Oh, they. I didn't even know yeah. that. There's more space. Yeah. Do you have it? Okay. All right. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, um, we've heard. Oh, someone died. Important. Someone is having a show tonight. That's important. Another thing's happening, and some other things are happening. It's all kinds of things. That are all really important, but we're going to take a quick break. This is Larry and Julia. We'll be right back. Papadali, forget me. That's his new stuff. Wait, wait, one more time. <laughs> I don't know his Papadali? name. Just be quiet. Capaldi? It sounds like a pasta, doesn't it? It's a little pasta. Capadali, yeah. We're having yeah. a yacht near show here on Friday. And Pat- yeah. Patrick, we were just talking off air about where do you like to travel? What do you like to do? And you're like, I want to go to Naples because of Mona. Right. And I'm like, stop. Because the name of your store is Mona Williams, and I guess I don't know the genesis of how you even came up with that name. Well, Mona was from Kentucky, but she was the first American woman to be named Best Dressed Woman in the World in 1933. And um, she left all of her clothes to the University of Kentucky. So I worked with her clothes when I was in college. So when I was going to, you know, when my store opened, it was designer vintage. Right. So if you're going to have a vintage store, you should name it after the best dressed woman in the world. I never knew her story. And Well, there's another interesting piece to her, actually. So her favorite house was on the Isle of Capri. So right across the coast from, from, you know, Naples. And I want to stay at it. And it's interesting. We didn't have very many pictures of it when I was at University of Kentucky. Found out why. After Johnny Carson died, it was re- revealed they were best friends. Are and you kidding no, me? No, and so all, there's tons of pictures of him with Mona at this house, but they weren't released until after he died. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Were they around the same age? Was she beautiful? She was beautiful. She How was, did she um, get best, best dressed? How does that um, happen? Well, Out I mean, Kentucky. it was said in 1933 that she wouldn't had to have spent $100,000 a year on clothes to be the best dressed woman in the world. Meaning that in 1933, she spent $100,000 a year on clothes. Her husband, um, Mr. Williams, Harrison Williams, was the richest man in the world. And she actually has a tie to Minnesota in a weird way because Harrison was dating um, this woman whose who's last, uh, uh, last name was Miriam, Laura Miriam. And her dad was, the, was Miriam, the governor of Minnesota, like Miriam Park. You know, that was her dad. So, um, but she went back to her ex-husband and so then they had all piled around. So, you know, Mona's like, this is a good opportunity. So she marries, uh, Harrison and that, um, was her. And then Harrison was the love of her life. Then he died. She married twice more. She married the Count Dimity Martini. So that made her the Count, the Kentucky Countess. I'm reading this. And then her last husband was Mr. Bismarck and, um, Mr. Bismarck. So in Paris, there's the Mona Bismarck Foundation, and um, but it was really funny. Her fourth husband, nobody liked the Count de Martini, and she really just wanted the title. But he drove off a cliff, so all her friends said he was Martini on the rocks. Um, <laughs> it's such important taste. Yeah. It's so funny, but it is so, funny. Oh gosh! But, um, but yeah, so Mona was kind of this remarkable woman. Betty Davis name checks her in a movie called Mrs. Skeffington or Mister Skeffington. She compares herself to Mona, and Cole Porter wrote songs about her. 
Salvador Dali did a painting. Yeah, I've actually wow. touched it. Um, we borrowed it when I was at the University of Kentucky. Okay. We did an ex- exhibition of her clothes, and we borrowed the painting from Paris. And I told the curator, I was like, I need to touch it. And the curator was like, you can't touch the you painting. Can't. And I was like, I need to. And so I like disappear. I go wash my hands. I come back, and I'm like, I need to touch did it. Did you touch the back, I hope? <clears throat> oh, you um, little naughty boy. So anyway, but yeah, Mona and her her sapphire sits next to the Hope Diamond at the Smithsonian. I'm looking at this sapphire, yeah. the Bismarck sapphire necklace. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she was um she was very witty and she was one of Truman Capote's swans. She's oh, in a, she, she did she... answered prayers. I don't think she's gonna show up in the show, which is too bad. I've never even heard of mm-hmm. the best dressed woman in the world from Kentucky. I mean, yeah. is she originally then from Kentucky? She was from Lexington, yeah. Wow. So Mona mm-hmm. is the is known as the best dressed woman from Kentucky. Yeah, she was the best dressed woman in the world in 1933. In the world. In the world. Yeah, like she was, and the, uh, three years later, it was the Duchess of Windsor, who was oh. the second American to be dressed best dressed woman in the world. And oh. of course, everybody knows who that is. Yes. Okay, yeah. now wait a minute. So Mona, when she died in 1983 at the age of 86, she was buried in a Givenchy yep. gown and rests with her third and fourth hus- husbands, Harrison Williams and Eddie Von Bismarck in Locust C- Valley Cemetery on Long Island. Yeah. She left instruction in her will for her remaining fortune, plus the proceeds of the sale of her states to establish her legacy, which remains today the Mona Bismarck American Center of Culture and Arts in Paris. Right. Yeah, her mansion in Paris. Have you visited this? Um, I have not. I want to. It just hasn't worked out. Right. Oh, my. I. You yeah. know what? I never asked you why it was named Mona Williams. Yeah, that's why. she was, I, um, But so I worked with her clothes because all of her clothes were haute couture. Right. I mean everything. Like um, she was the muse of Balenciaga. You know, she made he made her golf clothes. Like oh, you know, lovely. and um, so you know, I, I mean, it was really kind of exciting when you're interested in textiles and fashion to get to work with you know the very best that exists on the planet. Oh, I absolutely mm-hmm. love knowing about this. Mm-hmm. She I, was quite a woman. I guess I never asked this. I mean, five mm-hmm. husbands. Did she have any children? Are there any? She had one child, and he died. Um, oh, that's sad. But actually, uh, there's another reference to her that is very kind of, not, it's not overly well known. In Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. When Truman Capote, you know, wrote it, and he knew Bona um, because of Joanna Carson, actually. Johnny Carson's wife. Right. Um, the one who got all the money. But there's a <laughs> reference, and I, I'm pretty sure it's in the book. I know it's in the movie where um, Buddy Ebsen, I can't think of his name, the character. Sure. But he says, well, you know, she used to, she doesn't talk like herself. And her new friend said, well, you know, she had this oaky accent and we taught her French. And that actually happened to Mona. That's the story that's in Answered Prayers. Other people like Babe Paley made fun of her because she mispronounced words because she had a Kentucky accent and, and a was, thick accent. Right. So they taught her French. So she taught, she spoke everything with kind of a European sound. And Babe Paley once said, you know, even even the French know it's not Queen Anne, it's Queen Anne. And, you know, that was Mona. She was she was pretty um self conscious about it actually. I wanna I want a biopic on her. I wish there was a movie about her. I mean what the she's she's very interesting. I mean she had a very kind of fascinating life because of the people she knew, the things she did. I mean she was a pretty remarkable you know, wow. 
Wow. Woman. I I actually never, ever knew anything about her. And I'm looking at all of her beautiful jewelry. And the Bismarck Sapphire, like Mm -hmm. you said, it was designed by Cartier in 1935 in his house at the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yeah, it's enormous. Wow. Yeah, it's quite a... Quite a piece of jewelry. Oh my god! Well, I'm so glad that I mm-hmm. I asked you. So Naples, the but on the island of Capri is yeah, where the so house across is. the water. But you know, you'd go to Naples and take the boat over. This would be such a great biopic, Patrick. It would. She's, Let's get writing. I know. Okay. Well, I tonight mean, I, we've got nothing to do. Right. I've got to. Well, as soon as I finish American Horror Story, we will. <laughs> we can do it via Zoom. That way, we can be in our pajamas. And oh my we'll just, gosh. Yeah. He, I mean, who would play her? Right? Who would play her? Um, because you'd have to have decades, you know. Well, the thing about her is she went gray very early. Okay. So she looked very young, and she had, like, electric blue eyes. Like, um, almost like Alsatian. Like, you know, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, how his eyes are that. Yes. Okay, she, that's what her eyes looked like. They were vivid blue, but her hair was stark white. Um, She oh, was completely gray by the time she was 40, which I... You know, understand. which everyone was back. Yeah, weren't they kind of? Well, she went gray early. I mean, it was kind okay. of a feature of hers. So, but she would look like. Um, I'm looking at the pictures. She's really pretty. She was gorgeous. She right. Would, she uh, she kind of was dramatic looking, like Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett would be a was actually exactly who I was thinking really? of. Yeah. Okay. You know, she just needed a gray wig. I mean, but that that's kind of that was kind of her look. She was a beautiful woman. And apparently was the ultimate hostess. Oh. Because everybody, even though they like to talk about her, they all wanted to come to her parties. Oh, I love this. Yeah. I absolutely. Okay, I'm so delighted to know who Mona Williams is. Yeah, that's are. who she is. And so did you have to trademark it or did, were there you any can't. issues? Okay. Um, but no one can. That's right. the great thing. And the interesting thing is everybody knows her as Mona Bismarck. But when she was richest man, richest woman in the world, or best dressed woman in the world, she was Mona Williams. So that's why I picked the name. I love that, Patrick. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. All right. Well, learn something new every day. We, I absolutely adore knowing that story, and I want to know more about her. This would be a great biopic. We'll get working. Fashion, everything. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is Lori and Julia. My tech will be right back. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 